Inspiration now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Success for a Christian in business is not just about the bottom line, but about values. All right. Let's kick it on this. Um, sometimes being a Christian entrepreneur or business person can be pretty tough. Let's just be real about that. You feel what I'm saying? Mostly because there are a lot of more things um, that we have to consider, you know, in day-to-day business. You know, having more work. Three seconds into the show and I'm messing up words. We were doing so good. Please forgive me. But having morals, values, ethics, those type of things, you know, they can put you at a disadvantage because you can't be just savage sometimes. You can't just only think about the money and, you know, make deals that only benefit you and your company, um, at least with a clear conscience spiritually, right? So today I want to focus a little bit on values in particular. And I want to walk through some things and hopefully help you balance this out in, yo, I'm a Christian and I'm working in this industry and I'm trying to grow in this career or I own this business and I'm trying to balance, right? Because we know that business can be a dog eat dog world. And a lot of times when you enter into those type of worlds, what happens is it causes you to compromise and blend in with that world or that industry versus you being able to be a Christian at all times and in all things. So let's maybe simplify like values, let's define them, right? And, you know, you look up definitions and there's going to be different variations, but for the most part, values just represent, you know, whatever your standard, you know what I mean? Or your principles are. So if you have kind of like a standard behavior, um, parameters that you set, it would be something like, hey, you're going on a first date and you already know that you're not going to kiss that person. Those are your values. The importance of values for anyone in life is like they guide you, they help you. And when they're set, you know, prior to being in a situation, I think, I haven't looked up any data on this or nothing, but I think that it's going to help you have a higher opportunity to actually live up to your values. So what am I saying? I don't want to be a person that waits to create values or establish values or principles in which I'm going to do business until I'm at this level of business, because then it's going to be too late. Then I'm probably going to be too tempted. And when that happens to us in life, a lot of times we fail. Many times we fail just because we haven't set parameters on the front end. And it's like, man, had I sat down and thought about Yo, what is the value, you know, my values for my show? Like, where am I going to go? What type of deals do I already know? Like, yo, I'm not going to accept the deal where I have to do this. You know, what type of things do, you know, areas or lanes am I like, yeah, that's ideal for me um, and what God has called me to do. And so the first thing we got to do is actually set some values because here's you, you got to ask yourself, how can I live up to values that I haven't established? So as entrepreneurs and, and business people, if we haven't sat down and actually figured out, like, what am I going to do? What am I not going to do? Look, what you're not going to do is just as important as what you are going to do. Because like I said, for that person going on that first date that has already established, I'm not going to kiss. What happens is that opportunity or that temptation to kiss is going to present itself at some point in life. 
And I don't want us to be the type of people that lie to ourselves and think we're just going to walk through life as Christians and, oh, I'm Jermaine, I have the Inspire God's People show. I'm never going to be tempted, no. Because that's a lie. And so, you know, as human beings, we have to be real with ourselves. So that's just values in general, right? Now, and we've done this in the corporate world, um, you know, where I, this is where I really started seeing this happen a lot myself, is for an individual to establish core values. Okay, so you know what values are in general, but you need to start establishing what your core values are. So I remember one time we had a new uh, big boss in the office that I was working in, and she came in and, you know, she had this big meeting and it brought everyone in and she put some things on some slides on the board. And one of the things was, hey, these are my core values. So it, was, it could be something like, you know, arriving on time. It could be, um, you know, effort and passion. So she might have a list of like three or four things that she walked through. It's like, hey, I'm always going to be on time. I'm always going to have put forth a certain amount of effort. You're never going to have to uh, wonder, you know, if I'm tapped in to the plan, to the vision. And she laid this out for her team to communicate to them, here's what you can expect from me. And again, this was her first day, or at least not her first day, her first meeting. So it could have been her first week or something. What's my point? When you establish your core values with people on the front end, then not only does it allow you to understand what your principles are and what your standard is, but you also start setting that with other people. Because look, that's important in business. Like, it's not just about you. For me with this show, it's not just about me knowing like, yo, this is what I want to do. Notice, especially the last few weeks, I've been kind of giving hints and throwing out things to let you guys know. This is the direction of this show. If you didn't already know, if it wasn't obvious, but establishing those values and those core values to say, hey, this is what Inspire Guys People is about. We are genuine. We are authentic. We are not messy. We are not petty. We're not going to argue with people and we're not going to be trendy. Ultimately, I believe in being proactive versus reactive. And essentially what that ha has helped me to do is say, I don't need a story to break to record a show. So I don't have to wait around for the news and something crazy to happen in the end. I can report it to y'all. And even if you haven't thought about that before, you don't listen to this show for gossip. Like some shows and some, you know, outlets or whatever you go to them because it's like, oh, such and such, um, you know, did something crazy. So I know they're going to be talking about it on this, so let me tune in. And it's like, okay, cool. That's not what this show is about. That's not my vibe, and that's not my vision. That's not what I believe God wants me to do, because I believe what God wants me to do, I don't have to wait on other things to happen to do it. I believe it's proactive, it's biblically based, it's sound doctrine. Yo, I'm going to be silly. That's just part of who I am. I'm not going to change who I am to fit into some mold. We are proactive over here. So that gives you an idea. Some of my core values. Um, those are important because you listen to this show every week and you want to share the show with people. So this is super important for those of us who are trying to grow or grow a business. Right. You want to communicate those core values so that when growth happens, the new people coming in, it's already established. So like, y'all, I want you to be comfortable sharing this show with someone. And knowing like, yo, you got to check this out because my man going to always be sound. He going to always be chilling. He going to be a little crazy, but it's always going to be about balancing faith and business. So we're not going to go too far into business to where you like, oh, man, I like how he talk about business, but he not a Christian. So he talking crazy. He doesn't have biblical standards. You get what I'm saying? Like how this is important for you and your life and your business to start communicating and establishing your core values to yourself and the people around you. You know what I'm saying. So I wrote a value statement and I'm trying to think of a way that instead of doing mine, I don't know, man, you're going to have to just look it up. It's because I don't want to say mine just because it's not 
it's simple, but it's just something to me. It's like from me to me that I try to live by. And I say it to myself maybe a couple times a month. I don't do the everyday type thing, but it's kind of a reminder to myself. You need a value statement to yourself. Something that you're writing to yourself to remind yourself like, this is what you said you wanted to do. This is where you said you wanted to go. And remind yourself, because we all lose track, man. Listen, if you find yourself in a place where you've lost track or you're losing track, you're human. That's normal. It happens sometimes. So it's like you're losing track or you, maybe you already off track and you need to get back on. Don't settle for being off track. We understand that it happens to the best of us. We have bad days, bad moments, bad years, regrets, and things we have to repent from and change our lives around. But I truly believe that you could change. Like, I believe people can change and grow because I changed and grew. And I'm still growing. And so when you go through something personally, it allows you to see, like, okay, it can happen. But what I know that I know that I know that I know, no, no, you got to want it. If you don't want it, it ain't going to happen. So if you think values is weak and you think this corny and uh, you like this soft, whatever, it's cool. You ain't never going to be feeling what I'm saying. Like, that's why it don't bother me, you know, in some ways how people feel about me. Because it's like, yeah, like, I would feel that way about me, too, if I was living the life you was living. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Whatever. That's a whole nother show. Lastly, for those of us who are entrepreneurs or even work in a corporate field in business, you know, we got to understand what a value proposition is. So a value proposition, now you're thinking about your company, your organization. This is basically, I guess the best way to say it is it's something that makes your company or service or product unique. It's what's going to, to attract people to your business. If you deal with investors, like just watch Shark Tank. A lot of times they'll ask people like, What's your value proposition? And what they're basically saying is, okay, you come on there and you bake brownies. And you're like, I'm a brownie baker. I got the best brownies in the world. We making brownies in South Carolina. You, you ain't, ain't never tasted nothing, nothing like this. And Damon look at you. And, and Lori, they look at you. And they say, well, what's your value proposition? And you're like, well, what's that, Damon and Lori? And they're like, well, we've had brownies before. There's a million brownies out there. Why would a person eat your brownies? And then you're like, oh, because these are energy brownies. It's like, oh, these got caffeine in them. And it's like, oh, that you get a value proposition. So it's the same thing as a zero calorie uh, cookie or something like a, a fat free bag of chips. It's like the value proposition for that particular bag of chips is, oh, these are Doritos, but these organic or fat free like th that's a value proposition and you have to establish that for your business or your product or your podcast right so what is the value proposition of inspire guys people and what you'll see as is as you have core values and a value statement all of these things should work in unison to communicate the same message so if someone asks me like, well, what's the value proposition of inspire God's people? And for me, it's a couple of simple things. Number one, this is literally a faith in business show for Christians. So it's like, okay, off the top, you don't really get that. A lot of times you get shows that are either super churchy or super business uh, focused. Th there's a demographic there, right? Because I got a young vibe, like, you know, is the person silly? Faith and business are two very serious topics um, that people tend to tackle in a very serious tone. Uh, this show is very practical. So you're looking at spirituality, faith, and business in a very practical and lighthearted sense. And, you know, we play music and different things like that. So as you start crafting these things, and communicating them to people more and more. That's why even, you know, we're almost at a year with this show. October 10th, man. I can't talk, man. Who going to teach me how to talk out there? October 10th represents one year for this show. And, you know, I'm starting to 
uh, define and refine and, and kind of work on communicating what the show is to people. Because I want you to communicate what it is to people. Like, I want people to share it. The show is growing. The show is going to continue to grow, Laura's willing. So that's values, value proposition, core values, all that. Hopefully you could take that away and start crafting it for your business and your life and your family and your marriage. Like, you can set values, value propositions, core values, value statements for anything in life and almost everything in life. So let's do this. Let's take a break and jump into the J-Wheel Music song of the day. I'm going way back with this one, the 2013. This was a single that I dropped uh, just kind of randomly. We shot a video. Lavelle is actually in the video. So if you want to see that, just go to YouTube and type in J-Wheel Music with one L, J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. The song is entitled Heaven Only Knows. Of course, it's produced by Real Red Campbell Jr. When we come back, I have Gabriel Parker in studio with me again, and we're going to have a dope conversation. And I don't know if something's going to happen after that. We might get social depending on how much time we have. If not, y'all catch the social stuff next week because I got some good topics for that. And also, hopefully, Lavelle Neal will be back in studio soon. Me and him are working on our schedules to get him back in for another Lavelle. Yeah, so we ain't gave up on him. You know, we still love Lavelle. Heaven only knows, J Will Music. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Feels like there's nothing out there but you and God. It's the best place to be. Our Father, who art in heaven, I didn't understand. Help me, Lord. Who art in heaven? Yes, Lord. I had to change my plans.
just heard Heaven Only Knows by yours truly, J-Will Music, produced by Darrell Red Campbell Jr. You know why that song is kind of special to me, man, when I look back to what is now six years ago, right? I talk about it on this show all the time, the process. We're all going through a process, and we have to be patient, and sometimes you feel like you want things to happen tomorrow, but time flies, man, you know, and as I look back, like, wow, this was six years ago, and I listened to the words of the song. If you really ever want to know, like, what was I thinking and what was I, you know, my experience during a certain point in time, listen to my music. Like, I try my best to artistically um, create reality, you know, and and things that I'm really thinking about and going through. And when I listen back to this song, I can remember I was trying to find my way. It's like the whole thing, like heaven only knows. And as I think about where I am today and the things that the Lord has blessed me with um, and the growth that I've been able to experience, I think like, yeah, it was worth it. It was worth it to, you know, have the lonely moments, the lonely days. It was worth it to really spend some time in the word. It was worth it to be in the background for a while and just try to figure things out. You know what I mean? Like you don't always have to have it figured out. So I hope and pray that that encourages someone, man, like that. I don't know. Like that just like that touched me. You know what I'm saying? Can I be touched? Like, can I feel touched on the show? You know what I'm saying? Like, why y'all judging me right now? Like, what's really good with that? Can a brother listen back and reminisce and be nostalgic and be like, yep. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given me today. I'm so grateful for these people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I thank God for you. you know, man, whatever. All right, let's move on, man. I got my homie Gabriel Parker in the studio. And, um, you know, I think we about to, I may need to call these segments something when I have a guest on the show that's not Lavelle. Or maybe that's not right. And I'm not saying I'll give people personal segments, you know what I'm saying, like theme songs. It took Lavelle a while to get a theme song. So, Lavelle, if you're listening, um, don't be jealous. I'm going to wait. I ain't going to get nobody a song or nothing. Like, Gabe probably ain't going to come back on this show again the next year or something. Like, I don't like him like that. So y'all ain't got to worry. You know what I'm saying? He ain't that cool. Um, but I figure since I got him here, I might as well utilize him. You know what I'm saying? For free. Oh, he ain't getting a dime. He, he ain't getting a dime. Gabe Parker. What up, Gabe? What up, man? Man, since I had you here, I was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? We we might as well keep kicking it. Um, I have the Tinspiration interviews that I try to kind of keep at a certain um, level, but I wanted to talk to you beyond that just because we are always talking, and I figured why not bring some of the topics and things that we kick about, kick it about um, to my show. And so I don't know what this segment is going to be called or if this is something that I'm ever going to do again, um, but since I got my boy in the studio, we just going to kick not? it. Yeah, so um, look. Here's what I want to talk about, which is really what we've already kind of been talking about in our personal time. So I'm just going to bring it to the show. Um, I've been noticing lately, man, um, that the church on one hand seems to be growing and growing rapidly from the standpoint of popularity, from branding, like, you know, and, you know, I've gone to a lot of churches um, and just fellowship with different believers. That's something that me and my wife do. And I noticed some really good things. Like there's a lot of good churches out here and I've met some great people, continue to meet great people. One of the things that concern me or I'm like kind of confused or perplexed about is like, you know, in my community, for instance, it's like really nice churches popping up left and right. And I mean, they have it all. I'm talking about you could drink the coffee in the service. Like it's like <laughs> donuts. It's, it donuts is church is popping. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but I'm looking then and cross-referencing that with like my social media timeline, which people on this show know that I use social media really just as a way to observe, analyze, collect data on um on what we're doing and, and how we're living. And one of the things that I'm like, I'm cross-referencing, I'm like, man, so. On one hand, the church is growing, but then it seems like in people's personal lives and from a lifestyle perspective, people seem to be getting further away from God. Mm. So you have believers who are really, you know, 
kind of becoming friends with the world. So I just want to get your perspective, and this could go anywhere. There's no real one direction. I just want to no, throw I that out you. there and, nah. and see what you know, see what you got, what you think. Yeah, I think I think I see it too. You know what I'm saying? And I think that what's happening is the church is becoming has become um, better at branding and packaging. Um, and in that, but I think on the other end. Uh, our value for branding has caused us to not value sound doctrine uh, mm. and biblical principles um, as much, you know, cause, cause the purpose of branding, like you and I are both sales guys, you know, marketing, yep. you know, I've worked in sales and marketing for the last 10 years. You've been same as 13, what? Years, 13 yeah. years, you know, and, and we know as far as customer service and branding, the, you know, the purpose is to, pull the customer in it's it's almost an approach of the customers on always right yeah. in a sense but the thing about us as the church and when it comes to sound doctrine the customer isn't always right okay <laughs> i like that you know what i'm saying the, you know we're trying to figure out how to make the foolishness of the gospel not come off as foolish all right, all right. So look, I know I'm saying a lot. No, 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 no. Like you, this is good because because there's something that you said to me, um, maybe a couple months ago. I don't know if it's when we traveled to Mississippi together that you said this, or if it was on the phone. But this was a great point that you brought up, and and you just mentioned this customer service thing. I, I really want to like really dig into that real quick because you broke down some things to me about customer service and why we don't why it's a tricky thing in the church because of the authenticity and i think and i don't want to mess it up so i want you to kind of take over from here but you you were kind of telling me in general look when you go to a store a person has to have good customer service to you but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're really being authentic that they really like you outside of that oh yeah yeah so <laughs> you know i've just to kind of give you guys a background um I've ran an auto glass repair business for the last eight years, and I provide my service in oil changes right now, currently. And so I've worked at oil changes um, where the workers in the oil change will speak polite to the customer and, hey, you know, great, have a nice day. Yeah. As soon as the customer drives off, they cursing at the customer like, man, that's that B or, you yeah. know, like they just going in like, whoa. Right. And so it's like, OK, the customer service was a front, man. You know what I'm saying? To how it was a front uh, or a mask to mask how they really felt about that person. And so what what I'm seeing in the church is um, there's a there's a there's a false advertisement aspect to to the church is what you getting on the front yeah versus what is happening on the back end and and i look i, I really want to make sure that people understand this point yeah it's yes if i go to chick-fil-a mm -hmm. they have great service yes i'm really just there for a chicken sandwich i don't care if the cashier really likes me or if they yeah. their heart is really in it but here's the thing selling chicken ain't the gospel Right. And so here's the tricky thing. We want to build churches that have great customer service where you're mm -hmm. smiling and you're nice and you're yeah. welcoming, right? But we don't want fake customer service. service. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot with um just artists, like especially like in the Christian realm of artists, we've been around some artists that have great customer service. Yeah, they they say all the right things on the stage in in front of their fans, but when you actually meet them in real life, it's not a consistency there. And I think, I think what's happening, Jay, is um, with, with this, there's, a, there's a, a component. Okay, we can't let branding and our, our desire to get people in seats cause us to sacrifice the message. Meaning, I want people so bad that I'm not going to call homosexuality sin. Right. I want people so bad that I'm not going to tell them to repent and turn from fornication and turn from whatever their sin is because I don't want to push people away. And so, so are you implying potentially 
that as the church, there are times where some of us may be guilty of providing good customer service just to keep the line wrapped around the building. 100%. I, let me give you an example. And, and I talked about this on one of my shows. I used to drink vitamin water every day. I, vitamin, I loved vitamin water. It was like my flavor flavor was triple X. And then okay. it was another flavor. And I, at the time when I was running my business, I was working outside. So I was working out in the elements fixing windshields, like in the summer, like 95 degree days. And so based off of the advertisements of vitamin water, they marketed it as a sports drink. Or a, a drink that will hydrate you and give you energy back if you're you depleted. You thought it was healthy. Yeah, I thought it was healthy. So I'm like, man, I'm about to try vitamin water. I tried that joint. It was fire. I'm like, man, this tastes great too. And so every day, or at least every other day, I would have one or two vitamin waters. At, you know, just to kind of refurbish my strength and stuff. Living in sin, drinking a triple X drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Stupid. So, 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 so what happened was I, I began to notice after each time I drank the vitamin water, I actually felt worse. So I thought maybe it's because of the candy I'm eating during, cause I eat candy and stuff. I'm like, I don't know. It can't be this drink because the commercial said, yeah, it's going to help me. And so it wasn't until I was working with one of my, one of my managers, um, one of the guys that was working for me. He was a health guy. He was into bodybuilding and health and nutrition. And I'm like, man, he saw me like, like, man, I don't feel good like this. He like, and I told him like, man, I drinking these vitamin waters. They, they, they not really helping me. He's like, man, vitamin waters are terrible for you. Wow. I'm like, what? I was, I was actually offended. <laughs> I was mad at him <laughs> for telling me the truth That's because crazy. I wanted to believe the false advertisement. Wow. And he began to. And he, he's like, Gabe, look. And he turned the bottle around. He starts reading off the ingredients on the bottle and telling me what these things are. And he read off one particular thing. It's like a fructose syrup. like High sy fructose corn syrup. I don't think it was that one. It was another oh, okay. one that was like a big word. He was like, this, Gabe, this is worse than any pop or energy drink. He's like, vitamin water is actually worse than energy drinks and pop, Gabe. That's why you're feeling like that. Wow. From that day on, I've never drank another vitamin water because I was literally offended. I was mad at vitamin water <laughs> for selling me something that wasn't true. And I so, think that, wow. and so here, let me bring it together. So this is what I believe the church does sometimes. We, we sell people a Jesus that isn't consistent with scripture. So it gets them in the door. Gets him in the door. And then what? So, you know, you join this church or you come to this church because you are now believing in and serving the Jesus of your ambitions, the Jesus genie, you know, that gives you yeah. everything. And at what point does it break down? At what point does it do? Does a person what what happens? What's the you know, what is like just with like vitamin water? What's the. There's you know, the bad part of okay, this. Okay, so this might this is probably where there may be some differences in the analogy, but there's still similarities. There's two sides to this coin. You have the people who come in and they realize that they're being manipulated. And so they just done with Christianity altogether. Like, yo, this, you guys are telling me that if I do this and I do that, God is going to answer me. Uh, the church is put, pushing like a prosperity type gospel. That's you, though. So like so that part is, is the person that was like you with the vitamin water. That's the person that was upset when they found it, out that it, this doesn't do what you said. If I pay does. like if I pay my tithes, if I come to church faithfully, um, pay my tithes, God is going to give me a new promotion on my job. Or God is going to bless me with a child. Or God is going to... Yep. Like, if I do A, B, C, and D, God is going to do this for a me. A conditional God. Uh, based on these conditions. And then when when you do those things, and you gave and, your last... And, and it don't you happen. Don't, yeah. And things actually start going worse. Right. Oh, the church was manipulating me. I'm out. I'm done. These are the people that leave the church, and they become the voices on social media, on on YouTube or whatever, these become the voices speaking against Christianity. Rebels. Rebels. And the Bible says it somewhere like Peter, because of false prophets and false teaching, 
the name of Christ is blasphemed. Wow. And that's what it means. Like, false doctrine gives the true gospel a bad name. So we have to be careful if we, if we find ourselves wanting to grow something so bad, whether it be a podcast, like we both have shows, yep. or whether it be as an artist, you want, oh, I want my album to reach people so bad that yep. I'm going to start giving them the Jesus they want instead of the Jesus of the Bible. Yes. And, and the other side of that coin usually benefits people who are ambitious. They like, okay, this is, this is something, this is some, okay, this is something that I can actually excel in. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not leaving. I just want to work to get a title. I want to become deacon or I want to become minister. Praise I and worship leader. I want to become praise and worship leader, youth pastor. I can actually build up my name in this system. So the church represents an opportunity. An opportunity. Yes. So for, for people, you know, a lot of people may not understand how this works. And I know you've covered on your show, you, you know, you've played clips from like some of these praise and worship leaders who are, who become famous and walk away from the faith. Yes. Who utilize the church system, the customer service system, became beloved artists. They're super talented. Here's something that people got to realize too. Like this stuff is tricky because people's talent is so great. Yes. It's yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting the nail on the head. See, people, people grow in church culture, but they never grow in God. They grow in politics, the politics of church, but they never grow in, not in the knowledge of Christ. And those are those are two different things. And so you have talented people because the church is focusing on branding. This is kind of bringing it back to yeah. the church has become become so focused on branding that sound doctrine has taken a back seat. A lot of these pastors, they want to grow their brands. And so there's a certain sound, a certain look, mm. a certain charisma that we're, I'm looking for to feel in leadership positions in my church. So my praise and worship singer has to uh, be talented. They have to be attractive. attractive. Yep. They have to dress cool. They have to have charisma. It's a, it's a personality thing. I'm going to throw this in there. Here's something I've been noticing um, just because I observe so much. Praise and worship leaders now have to have or seem to have to have based on what I've seen. And I'm sure this isn't the case everywhere, but I'm seeing it a lot. They have to be very diverse. And so mm. they have to be like, OK, if it's a, you know, a black guy, he has to have that vibe that's kind of like kind of like um, eccentric suburban where he can talk to both sides, but he still got some little swag. Like, yes. and if it's same thing, if it's a white girl, she has to kind of be maybe um, have this slight um, contemporary edge to her where like, and I'm, I'm noticing like, and again, want to be clear, nothing wrong with being like that because some of us, that's our natural personality. That's who yeah. we are. The, the challenge becomes this, when you're the pastor and you're looking for that more than you're looking for a person who's sound and has a foundation on the word. And I want to say this because if you find someone who is talented mm -hmm. and, and they do not have the foundation of the word of God and they're not saved and they don't understand salvation, what you should be doing if you're going to even entertain the idea or thought of having them on a platform is make sure that you are not allowing their platform to outgrow their spirituality. And so you should be, whether it be pulling them aside and having personal Bible studies or whatever, to ensure that the foundation yes. of who they are as a Christian continues to grow. Yes, 100%. Here's the hard part about this, Jay, that a lot of pastors and leaders, church leaders, aren't willing to do. It's hard. Sometimes the best thing for for people to help develop people is to sit them down but how you gonna sit them down they, and they, they talented. sing so good they and look they so pull good people exactly how do you they they're such but a see, great speaker this is where it, it it speaks to your value system what do you value more do you value what you can get from them um in terms of 
they're gonna pull people in. So are they're you gonna just entertain them. You become yeah. Are you gonna just use them, or are you really caring for their spiritual development? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because because we gotta we gotta understand this. We gotta get. I gotta make sure I'm hearing you right. So what you're saying is, if I'm the pastor, and I have a praise and worship leader, or a musician, or a young minister, people like us, right, who has a podcast and goes around and preach different places. And and he and he or she is not where they need to be spiritually. If I love them, so if 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 my pastor notices that Jermaine, I know you got the show, I know you're doing music, you traveling, but but something isn't right with you right now. If he loves me, he'll tell me to sit down for a minute. It's it's hard because it's it's hard. Like because when you're benefiting from someone. It, you'll you'll ignore certain things. Wow. Like, this is why some of the most talented people are crazy and out of their mind. I'm not just talking about <laughs> in the world. I'm talking about in the church. You have, you have some of the most talented people and they're drunks. They're, they're prima donna-like. They need attention. They just... Kanye West type. Kanye West Kanye, type. Kanye is like... You know, from yeah. a from a talent perspective, he's a talented guy, but he's out of his mind. He's okay. out of his mind. I'm not gonna say that. No. You, I usually don't talk about people I, on this show, but yeah, but I I can say some Gabe people brought the spirit of uh, rebuke look, in here. Look, I ain't gonna say <laughs> I ain't gonna say no names on the gospel, and I'm trying to be cool because like people be having people be fans, and yeah. like when you say something about somebody that they're a fan of, they just block you out. Parasocial relationships. But, yeah, but look, it's people on the gospel side that's like that. They, it may not be a spotlight on them like it is on a Kanye West, but they have breakdowns, rants, just like Kanye and stuff. But what happens is it's almost like a pimp and prostitute relationship in a sense. The pimp only cares more about what he can get from the prostitute. And I know that's extreme. You know a lot about this, man. Look, man. You're look, drinking triple X drink. Stop <laughs> judging <laughs> <laughs> no, no, look, look, I want to say this. No, that that's really good. Um, I think what happens is we get it mixed up. We think that if we love someone, because I see this from a from a point of view, right? Yeah. So if you have a gospel artist or a preacher and they losing their mind mm -hmm. right before us all, and they talking crazy in interviews or whatever, we tend to think that if we love them, we'll let them continue to talk like that and we'll put them on platforms. What you are suggesting is that if we love them, we'll do the exact opposite. I think this is important because love is not a feeling. Yeah. You have to base as believers what love is based on the word of God. And what we're talking about is putting the foundation of who someone is spiritually, making sure that their soul is saved right. and making that a priority. And when you're sitting them down, look, you, you, could, you might be doing it out of love. If someone, if someone sits me down, it might literally be because they like, yo, Jermaine, I know the show's growing. I know you're doing well, but I'm concerned about you and Tiffany. And right. so I need you to put the show on a back burner for three months while we I'm focus on your marriage, marriage because we don't right. want the show to become bigger than yeah. who you are spiritually. Yeah. So so what you're, what you're talking about, okay, we think attention is good, right? Um meaning in terms of discipleship and accountability. But we tend to think that all attention is good. All attention isn't good. Like, it's hard to disciple somebody from the stage when you're giving them power. Got you. Like, I'm putting you before hundreds of people every morning or thousands of people in some churches, yeah. and you're literally leading them in worship. And they're, they're following your every command and then I want to, when you come off stage, Ooh. I want to talk to you about your porn addiction or Man. I want to talk to you about your, your cussing Wait a or your mouth. And so it's hard to disciple people from the stage. And so a lot of times you have to pull that power or not even put them in that position. Like some they're people, they're not ready. They're not ready. See, we're putting people in positions before they're ever ready. Like, let's look at Paul. When Paul first got saved, now he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Pharisees memorized the Torah. They didn't have to have a book. Like, they knew right. it by heart. Right. He knew the Old Testament by heart. Once he gave his life to Christ, he knew, like, he knew this stuff. He could have went right into ministry. 
Wow. He sat down for three years. Apostle Paul sat down for three years when he first got saved before he started his ministry. So, so all right, look, this, this, this is really good. What, what I'm hearing is that we're living a saved life in the fast lane. Yeah. So we're trying to go on the fast track road to success, skipping the process that everybody knows is important. An important word on this show is the process. And what you're talking about is saying, listen, I know you're talented, Jermaine. I know you can go speak. I know you can go rap and do all those things. But listen, bro, it might take you five years until you're ready for the the impact of the stage. Because here's what we both know. Um, even just on a, you know, maybe let's call it a, a smaller, small to medium scale of whether it be traveling or going to preach at different churches and things like that, which we both have done. Right. There is responsibility that comes with this stuff. Listen, if you are not rooted and grounded in the word, the, the thing that you think is an opportunity or success can literally ruin your life. 100%. And, and one of the things I had to realize, Jay, was we have to understand that our desire for God um, is not always, we have to learn how to separate our desire for God and our ambition to do things for God. Like what I, what I mean by that, do I want God when I have nothing to gain from it? Oh. In terms of an opportunity. So when there when there like, is no thousand people before me, yeah, or I'm not preaching, or I'm, I'm not, not sitting at the front and all yeah. that, do I still love God outside? Yeah. Like, Lord, or is God just a career choice? Yeah. Is 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 me is my serving God always connected to me being put on display? Is me serving God always connected to a greater platform Self, for me. Self-serving. So so it's possible to create and develop a self-serving relationship with God. A business transaction. Me, yes, me, Jermaine, I only serve you, Lord, if Inspire God's People gets picked up by a huge radio station. If Inspire God's People get picked up by a huge digital outlet. If that doesn't happen, then I got to, look, I can't do it your way. I have to go do it my way. And I think ultimately, what what I really want people to understand about what you're saying, is, which is great stuff, is we cannot allow the branding and the customer service and doing the right things on paper prevent us from being truly converted into Christianity as God's people in our spirit, because those are the things that will produce more disciples and 100%. ensure that we don't just give people a platform because, this, look, we're not going to name names, but this stuff happening. You give people a platform, they become famous off of your Christian platform and your church or your organization. Then once they get big enough, they just want to dip and go to the world and you find out they haven't really believed in God in the last 10 years anyway. And because no one stopped them in the midst and maybe had a checkup, right? And, and you, you know, you working at the oil chain shop running your business, yeah. you seeing people come in for a checkup for oil change. But here's the crazy thing. When they come in for the checkup for the oil change, you're checking their window to see if it's a crack. Right. They may find out that it's something that they weren't even looking for that's wrong. Right. And what I'm saying is that as believers, I might need to go and take a break sometimes and go get a checkup and make sure that I'm studying the word to hear something and not just preaching the word and telling something because yeah. I might need a checkup and I might need to know, okay, Jermaine, here's some things you need to tweak. All right, Gabe, you need to do this, that, and the other. Yeah. And, um, you know, so we have to be willing to stop. I'm going to give you the, um, you know, a minute or so for the last word, man, whatever, however you want to kind of wrap up this conversation, which, um, you know, we could go on forever and we'll have to do it again. Yeah. I, if I, if I could just encourage everybody out there, like it's like, and I've been doing this with myself lately because I have a lot of ambitions and things that I want to do as far as ministry wise with rap, the podcast and everything. But one of the things that the Lord has really been dealing with me about is putting those things down, taking a break from those things mentally just to focus on him. Like I have to see the beauty of holiness and see that Christ is truly the prize. Even even when 
um, I don't have a microphone in my hand or I'm, I'm not working on the next show or working on the next song or preparing for the next concert. I have to value Christ above everything. And, for, and sometimes we can't truly see Christ's beauty until we sit other things down. Like we have to be willing that us putting other things down at times and taking a break is us denying ourselves. And a lot of times you will not see Christ's beauty until you first deny yourself because it's a lot of times it's self standing in the way of you truly seeing him and, and learning of him and tasting and seeing that he's good. So I just want to encourage you guys to do that. Like take a break some days, take a break from social media. Like Jay talks about it all, you know, me and him talk, he might not talk about it on, on the air, but sometimes we have to unplug, like just to re get rejuvenated. You know what I'm saying? Look, man, thank you so much, Gabe, for a great word, man. Uh, we definitely have to do it again. Listen, guys, people, um, I want y'all to understand and maybe take away as well. You know, Gabe just indirectly even alluded to a couple of scriptures like Paul talks in Romans about not thinking too highly of yourself. Um, there's um, an another scripture uh, where Jesus says, die daily, deny yourself. And I think yeah. ultimately what we're saying is Christianity is not about embracing yourself as much as it is as about denying yourself. And some of us are embracing things in our flesh, not realizing that we are promoting self-righteousness and you can't save yourself. I can't save myself. Right. So thanks a lot, man. We enjoyed you. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, yeah, but get out of my studio, bro. <laughs> I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. God's people, thank you for listening to today's show. Look, do you have feedback? You want to let me know what's on your mind? You got a topic you want to hear? Or you just want to let me know what you thought about today's show? It's easy. Shoot me an email. You can catch me at Music at gmail.com. Again, Music. It's all one word. Let me know what you think. And you like this show, don't you? So you know what you want to do? You want to listen to it at work. You want to listen to it in the gym. Do me a favor. Just search Inspire God's People. You can Google it. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you listen to music or podcasts. You know what else? You should share this show with someone. Why? Because it's a good show. And if you don't like this show, just act like you like it. Act like you like. 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 Act like you like.